right now we drown in hollow kitsch. Every year there's another Hollywood movie that uh, explains something about the poor SS woman who's learning to read in her Nuremberg cell or uh, the brave uh, Schindler who did, whatever, whatever it is. But that was a context very different than the one that existed, certainly in 72. And even when I was starting this work in 77 or 78, there wasn't that flood of material. because that guy seems to be a bit testy. Hello, friends, and welcome in to this, the 190th edition of Fusebox, cunningly entitled The Mouse That Roared, and uh, check that spelling, by the way. It's uh, for a reason, I promise. I'm your wondering aloud, but with noise-canceling fully engaged. Host, Mark Rose, and over there, Sitting in the warm glow of cold fusion is the emperor of equalization, Milt Keynes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. It looks like they're hot-wiring the stupidity engine again, bro. Have you been following the calamities down there in Tennessee? Yeah, as much as I can tolerate before I want to throw a chair through the front window. Well, well, we're going to get into all that in a bit as we take a further sniff that rather toxic plume of idiocy belching forth from uh, the stupidity engine once again. But uh, first, first, however, I just wanted to take a step into the political goo for a brief second. Uh, You might want to wash that off, bro. It's 100% organic, Mr. Keynes. Now, I don't know if you saw this or not, but a uh, former president of these here... United States, a Republican president, by the way, uh, just maxed out his allowable campaign contributions to uh, two candidates running for re-election this year, Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney and Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski, two Republicans who, uh, by the way, also, incidentally, supported impeaching former President Orange Blotus over the January 6th Capitol coup attempt. Now, who, pray tell, would that be? Are you ready? Strapped in. Helmet on. Antlers. Check. Will the mystery president and somehow logical contributor to at least this cause of justice please sign in? Yep, please welcome the 43rd President of the United States, George W. Bush. Holy carp! Yeah, holy carp indeed, Mr. Keynes. Well, as you as you recall, uh, Ms. Cheney's dad was vice president under George W. Bush, and all sorts of shenanigans went on during that administration as well. But it appears that W. has no patience for Orange Guy. In fact, at a recent speech he gave at a uh, fundraiser for uh, Ms. Cheney last fall, he said, quote, 
There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit. And it is our continuing duty to confront them. So did I just drop into a bizarro dimension here? or a... <laughs> Not really, no. But it's actually no shock to hear the former Prez speak like this, right? He's always been uh, big on the terrorist, or was that terrorist? I don't know, uh, thing, as we know. But uh, these two gals have been uh, extremely vocal about condemning the orange guy for uh, crimes we all saw. Yeah, so that makes, what, uh, five Republicans and haven't completely gone batshit crazy? Well, you know, there might be a few more in there, but uh, here's the problem. They say one thing when the cameras are rolling or the mics are hot, and then very much another thing when there's no one but colleagues there to overhear them. Cowards, in other words. <laughs> well, Oh, I... well, come on, man. It's, it's the old talking out of both sides of their neck routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I wouldn't want to compromise those big bucks from special interests that keep everything in the same damn rut as the last minion did. But wait, Mr. Keynes, those pesky special interests, we got them on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, I guess, but you know what? I'd argue that maybe you look at what type of special interest it is. Yeah. Is it folks who want to ensure that everybody has a fighting chance at voting, regardless of uh, race, color, or creed, as they used to say? Or one that wants to make sure that only the rich and extremely white people have access to the voting booth? Yeah, duly noted. But, but then again, you know, this is these are more reasons to use that wondrous tool we all have at our disposal, if only uh, more of us would actually put it to use, and that is critical thinking. Anyway, we shall take a moment to reset and adjust the stuffed funny aminals. But uh, when we return, a squeak heard round the world. Don't talk like that. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com Are you tired of endless video streams of silly animal tricks, awkward human calamities, and half-baked conspiracy theories? Yeah. Now. That would be four. Meh. On this. Pech. Possibly. Uh, gosh, Uncle Carl. These podcasts are nothing but hot, steaming piles of shit. How does a guy find a decent podcast these days, anyway? <laughs> I know what you mean, Timmy. Here. Try Fusebox. Apply Fusebox to infected area only. Wow! Thanks, Uncle Carl! Fusebox is the shit! Yes! Relive great Fusebox audio moments of past shows or current shows or current shows made previous to past shows running currently in the past. Feed your ears for hours of not really video but feels like it knee-slapping, sometime wholesome but not really audio goodness. Check out the Fusebox Show on YouTube today. You're listening to Fusebox. Well, we are back, and uh, so it, it looks like we're cranking up the stupidity engine once again, friends. 
Yeah. And uh, at the top of the show... Yeah, pre-roll, as we call it. Oh, indeed, Mr. Keynes, the pre-roll segment uh, was actually taken from a very fine documentary called The Art of Spiegelman. I saw what they did there. Yeah, yeah, they did do that. Uh, Don't hold that against them, though. Or art, either. Copy that. Yeah. So, the man of the hour, at this moment anyway, is uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist... Art Spiegelman, who's a highly regarded and frankly brilliant work, uh, originally from 1972, entitled Mouse, spelled M-A-U-S, basically tells the story of how his parents survived the uh, Nazi concentration camps, but uh, through the characters of mice and cats. Uh, Mice being the Jews, in this case, and the cats being uh, Nazis, in this uh, graphic novel. But Spiegelman had a slightly different observation on it. Mouse is a comic about a father and son trying to understand each other. I think it's more directly that than it is about the Holocaust, you know? Now, this guy had done a lot of underground comics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I seem to remember him and uh, Robert Crumb were friends. Or, uh... They were indeed. Uh, Spiegelman was right smack dab in the uh, middle of the whole San Francisco underground comics scene, uh, along with folks like S. Clay Wilson and Rick Griffin and Victor Moscoso and Spain and Richard Garbin and Robert Williams and Robert Crumb and all that, right? And just a barge load of others. So in 1972... Uh, Apex Novelties publisher, Justin Green, asked uh, Spiegelman to do a three-page strip for the uh, very first issue of Funny Aminals. And uh, Spiegelman apparently wanted to do one about racism, and uh, at first he thought, you know, maybe, maybe a story about uh, African Americans as mice and cats taking on the role of the Ku Klux Klan. But later, he turned that into a uh, scenario uh, about the Holocaust that his parents had survived. And he titled that strip Mouse and depicted the Jews as mice persecuted by Daikatzen, which were uh, Nazis as cats. Uh, and then, then, then the, the, uh, the narrator in the story was telling this all to a mouse named Mickey. Wow. Wonder how Walt felt about that. Uh, well, uh, you know, no lawsuits that uh, that I can recall. Of course, Walt was dead by that time. Frankly, that would have been really stupid, as uh, Disney was, uh, uh, well, Jewish, right? Well, so here, friends, in my hands is that very issue of Funny Aminals, and on the cover there. Is a, is a Robert Crumb illustration with uh, two cats eyeing this uh, bird gal as she walks down the street, and they're envisioning her as a tasty drumstick. But uh, going into, I don't know, the pages aren't numbered, so it's hard to say, but it's about four or five pages in, is Mouse. And uh, there it is, and it's about, I don't know, three pages, probably. Um, when I bought this thing, and let me let me explain, I bought this thing... Uh, as a rabid collector of underground comics in 1972, purchased at the local, quote, head shop. (laughs) Right off the rack. Uh, This is not a reprint. This is the actual article. And inside there, of course, 
was uh, Spiegelman's Mouse. Now, I didn't know anything about it at the time. I bought it because Robert Crumb did the cover. <laughs> and I thought it was all Robert Crumb. But anyway, that was only the first part of Spiegelman's Mouse. The second part would not uh, appear until almost 20 years later in uh, 1991 in a magazine called Raw, issue number three. And sadly, it would also be Raw's final issue. Uh, (laughs) But that's not all that happened along the way here, because as you might imagine, the obnoxious and somehow stinky Hollywood would appear. What made the first book come out was when I got wind of the fact that Spielberg and an animator named Don Bluth, who was teaching in the same School of Visual Arts, got this way of uh, recuperating and changing what Mouse was into something quite, for me, creepy, but was much more commercial than anything Mouse could be, which is like, well, mice and cats, that's a good idea, Uh, and perhaps anti-Semitism, but the Holocaust is too much of a bummer. Maybe we could kind of make it more like Fiddler on the Roof, and lo and behold... You had uh, uh, the American Tale movie coming out, and all I wanted was for him to shut up and stop making his thing till my book could come out. And that's really why the first part of Mouse came out as a separate volume before the whole thing was finished, in order to beat the movie. So I wouldn't be seen as uh, copying Spielberg both in his uh, conception and even in his name. You know, Spiegelman, Spielberg, it just would be too confusing. But later uh, in uh, 1991, Mouse was published as a uh, graphic novel in its completed form, and there is where the world got an eyeful. Yeah, and uh, the Pulitzer was in 1992, it says. And uh, there was also like a a big showing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, too. Oh, yeah, because, you know, he was a darling there for a minute. The success really threw me. And it threw me into a great, not euphoria, but depression. I didn't count on success. I expected to have a kind of posthumous audience. Basically, from being interviewed on occasion because of these strange avant-garde comics in a tiny corner of the art planet I lived on, to uh, the New York Times, ABC News, um, People Magazine, all of them converging at the same moment, uh, I wasn't used to it. Now I'm a vet. I think I'm better at being interviewed than I am at making comics because uh, I spend more time being interviewed. So uh, the history and weight of this story has hung around Spiegelman for uh, decades and uh, probably, as uh, he puts it, I can't be unhappy about Mouse has landed uh, beyond my wildest uh, dreams for it, uh, which was for it to become a book in the culture. A real book in the culture. And at this point, it, is, it seems to have achieved a kind of international canonical uh, status that I can only be grateful for. And on the other hand, makes it much more difficult to step away from it and make something. I would most passionately invite you to uh, check out the YouTube documentary, The Art of Spiegelman. And there are a few others on there, too, that are probably all very good. But this one is particularly good. And uh, I have a link in the show notes uh, there for your perusal. Uh, All of this, of course, friends, to lead up to the very stunctious proceedings in McMinn County, Tennessee, as, in the depths of their ignorance, they have elected to ban Mouse from the school district curriculum. If thine eye offend thee... Yeah, pluck it out. Just leave the damn book. You meatheads, 
You know, I can't count the number of kids that have read this thing uh, because in many schools, this is actually a recommended read because this is an incredible story of survival in one of the most tragic points in uh, human history. But I guess all this uh, puff and buzzle really comes down to the truly stupid, as we would imagine. Because, as usual... They're totally focused on some bad words that are in the book. Like, damn it, I can't believe that <laughs> the word damn would get the book jettisoned out of school on its own, but that's really where the, the genuine focus seemed to be. And mouse porn. The nudity is specifically a small image that has my mother right after having slashed her wrists in a bathtub being found. So she, it's seen from overhead, and you can see it's, it's a tiny image. So you have to really, like, want to get your sexual kicks by <laughs> projecting on it. It seems like a crazy place to get them. But as Art puts it, it's really more about fear. I, I think they're so myopic in their focus, and they're so afraid of what's implied in having to defend the decision to teach mouse as part of the curriculum that uh, it led to this kind of daffy, myopic response. And daffies would be easy. I mean, the problem, of course, is that it has the breadth of um, autocracy and fascism about it, and it has a real problem with asking the parents to be on board to decide what it's okay to teach the kids. And the values are, are, are too far away from those I can recognize to see how they got there. But I'm still trying to figure out how could this be just as limited as it is as a problem, especially after reading at least about some educators who were doing their best to try to explain why this was being taught in a curriculum so that it could be the linchpin book for a unit of conversation that allows a lot more perspectives in. Yeah, as usual. Teachers just trying to get the word out. Yeah, and then being countermanded at every turn because maybe we don't like those ideas you're putting out there, Miss and Mr. Teacher. Yeah, nice mind you have there, kid. Be terrible if something happened to it. It wasn't about um, being didactic. It had nothing, none of that. It wasn't like, I've really got to teach people that they must never forget. I just knew I had a story worth telling. When I first started in 1972 with a three-page version of this, it just wasn't a topic. It wasn't like what it's become where I think every year the Oscars have at least one Best Holocaust mm. Movie Award. It wasn't made that way. It wasn't thinking like we must teach people to be better people. Nope. It was never written as the uh, literary pointing finger, you know? And you'd see that if you read it, really. Go art. Well, <clears throat> shall we uh, take a break from the craziness of the stupidity engine and enjoy a moment of class and culture and definitely sophistication? Oh, and definitely. No hitting anyone. Oh, no, definitely no violence, Mr. Keynes. A gentle and demure look at an outstanding local actor and a, and a review of his work hosted by our own Arson Bitsnatcher for this installment of... And now, Spotlight on Film. Dodgy night that was. I'm still bloody pissed, mate. Oh, bit of the hair of the dog here and Bob's your uncle, eh? <laughs> Arson, Arson, we're on. Blimey, blimey, right, right, yeah, okay. 
Uh, a very pleasant good evening, ladies and gentlemen. As we are all fans of film and stage, our guest tonight needs no introduction. Uh, I'm Bremerton Castlelite. I'm, I'm an, I'm an actor. I was invited for an interview. Hmm? <laughs> if you say so, Binghamton. <laughs> it's Bremerton, Bremerton Castlelite, and I was invited here to speak. No, on my I meant, if you say so, that you're an actor. I beg your pardon, sir. I am Bremerton Castlelite. I have trod the boards from Albuquerque to Zephyr Hills, and I come from a long and distinguished line of thespians. <laughs> well, I must say, I'm impressed. But I won't, however. So, tell our audience, Binghamton, when did you decide you were a lesbian? Bremerton! Bremerton Castlewhite! You drunken old queen. And I said thespian, not lesbian. Well then, let us discuss your most recent play, The Taming of the Gopher. I dare say I found your performance wooden and uninspired. Your portrayal of the vicar contained, shall we say, some unusual choices, to say the least. In fact, I submit... It was one of your more dismal efforts in a long line of acting mediocrity. How dare you, sir? I will not sit here and stand for this abuse. Ah, now that was an honest performance, Binghamton, old boy. For the briefest of moments, I was very nearly convinced that you could sit and stand at the same time. Well done, sir. Bravo. But in all seriousness, Binghamton, have you ever considered a career in hotel management? This business of acting isn't your cup of tea. So perhaps now is the time to exit stage left and... Prepare to defend yourself, sir! By the sword of the Lord and Gideon above! Unhand me, you no-talent scoundrel! My drinking hand! Okay, Castlewhite, you asked for it. Take this! And, and perhaps even some of this! With that! No biting! No biting! Fight a command, pretty boy. I shall now pummel you about your head and shoulders with lefts and rights. You hit like an actor, you Nancy. My drink! You spilled my drink! Ow! 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 Put me down, you oaf! Okay, now I'm getting mad. You're a drunken bum, bit snatcher. Ow! 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 Quit kicking me. Out! I said quick kicking me. Why don't you have another drink, you soused hack? I will have another drink. Right after I kick your big fat American arse. Ow! 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 
have been listening to Spotlight on film. The Queen wears army boots. Donald Trump was a great president. (laughs) And on that unifying and compassionate note, We'll call it a show, friends, but not before thanking our uh, contributors to this edition of Fusebox, Jody Lorimer, Sam A. Mowry, Jeff Pollard, and Bob Sterry. Thanks as well to the folks at Art France and Wichita Films for The Art of Spiegelman, a wondrous documentary you should indeed see. And a show notes link is hereby provided. Uh, thanks, as always, to the grand poobah of the parametric, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on. Pleasure, as always. And, as always, please, if you're listening to this as a podcast, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you found it. That'd be great. Yes, please do that. It would be swell and uh, marvy if you did. Makes receiving uh, all this healthy fortified ear food we keep prattling on about so easy to get just like magic it appears for you yeah also wanted to mention that the youtube uh, channel is uh, back with the uh, brand new content now quasi video versions of the uh, the new shows starting with number 189 are being uh, posted for your enjoyment and uh, there's also additional visual content for your eyeballs there as well so yeah like pictures of african giant pouched rats and shit yeah or pictures of uh, mouse from this show and uh, all the other fun stuff you know I, I think i see a trend here link to that is in the show notes too yeah right you are mr Keynes. right down there in that area Friends, thank you so much for pushing play on this edition of the show. We know there is a lot out there competing for your attention, and we do not take your participation in listening to this show for granted. No siree, Bob. Bob? I have been your inside man standing on the outside, fully undercover, host Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. you.